did you real quick. Um, yeah, just comment quickly about Solomar and how efficient she played, and she's had a couple of those this, this year. Um, what's allowed her to do that? Yeah, um, we used her in the way that we needed to use her tonight. Um, so she played six cylinders. She was crushing the ball front row and back row. And Juliana really trusts her, and their connection is clearly awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but we just we need to continue to free her up from serve receive, and we did tonight, and just score and play defense. And she did a really nice job. I'm really proud of her. Right there, you heard from UNF Volleyball's head coach, Kristen Wright, following North Florida's first ASUN home win of the year. It was a 3-0 sweep of NGIT Saturday night. They'll get a chance to get a couple more ASUN wins this weekend at Stetson and JU. And welcome back to our next edition of Talent Talk. I'm Brock Borgeson, and in this week's episode, we will be looking into... UNF's swimming program and just swimming as a sport at the collegiate level as a whole. We'll have two interviews, one with head coach Ian Coffey and uh, senior Sydney Mutchler. But before we get into the two-part interview today, we will get into last week's action. Men's soccer got two big goals from Robbie Sorinellis in the first and 61st minute of action to help UNF down JU 2-0 Saturday. UNF leads the 2019 20 River City Rumble 1 0, and North Florida sits at, uh, at the top of the A Sun with a tie for first place currently in the conference standings. Mercer got the best of uh, the UNF men's soccer team in Macon, Georgia, on Monday, though. On the women's side, women's soccer has not lost a match in five consecutive outings after a grinded out 1 0 victory at Kennesaw State on Thursday and a 1 1 draw in Newark Sunday. Kendra Hoffman provided UNF's only goal in Newark, while Leah Ferlin put up the game winner in the eighth minute against Kennesaw State. Women's soccer stands tied for second in the win column in the ASUN standings. The volleyball team went 1-1 last week, falling to FGCU before sweeping NJIT Saturday night. Solomar Sestero had one of the best nights of her season and her career, putting up 15 kills on 464 hitting in the sweep of the Highlanders. Women's tennis completed its weekend at the Bedford Cup. Lucia Montano and Ana Paula Malilo, uh, they won the doubles flight A title, and the doubles pair went 4-0 on the weekend. Valentina Mariato and Montano also reached singles titles matches in their respective flights. And swimming opened its season with a home tri-meet Friday. The Ospreys fell to CCSA foes FGCU and Campbell while having three top three finishes and one second place time uh, from Lauren Harvard in the 100 breast. Seven freshmen competed in their collegiate debuts. Swimming will again get in the pool for uh, a few more weeks of practice before getting back into action. October 19th, they'll host Georgia Southern. But without further ado, let's bring head coach Ian Coffey into the mix now to talk about the season, swimming, coaching, his career, and a little bit of everything in between. Again, thanks for being on, Ian. Thank you. Appreciate it. Absolutely. I've been uh, ready to have you on for a while. Um, I know you're eager. You had your opening meet this uh, this past weekend. Um, kind of what are your thoughts about the first meet and then what's the goal for you know, your team considering how long the season is in swimming? Well, I was happy with a lot of aspects of the meet this past weekend. The first meet is kind of getting those jitters out, especially for freshmen. It's their first college meet. I know the freshmen, they were excited, a little nervous. 
The, you don't want to screw up your first college swim. Now, I always tell them, once you get your first swim in... You don't want to you know, get DQ'd, basically. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to swim bad. You <laughs> but um, what I wanted to see was uh, where we are, kind of like a measuring stick. I was pleased with a lot of aspects. Um, with race strategy, I really liked. I liked um, our fundamentals look pretty good. But there's other things we need to work on, too. I want to see a little more intensity. I want to see a little more turnover, a little more... Um, you know, fast twitch, getting up and going. Uh, the starts, we need a little work there, but we're going to get it together. As you said, it's a long season, but we are um, we're working every day to get better. It's uh, it's a grind, but overall, I was pleased with the performance, and uh, I I don't think I could ever have a, a meet where I go everything was a A plus or it was a hundred. Mm-hmm. There's always something we need to work on because I look at every competition as a dress rehearsal for the conference championships. Mm-hmm. So how do you kind of map out how you train and um, how you schedule your opponents and how you schedule your regular season considering it's sometimes September to March um, when you're competing? Well, we'll take it here and there. But the way we set up this, the uh, the season is we kind of break it into different phases. Uh, we start off with an aerobic phase, getting back in the flow. That's about two weeks. Right now we're in competition phase one, and that's more of – working in your specialty groups, working on your your skill set. Uh, our athletes have different skills. They swim multiple events, so we work on those events. We maximize their skills and minimize their weaknesses. We'll have a staff meeting on Tuesday, and we'll talk about, okay, this is working, this isn't working. We can work on this on Wednesday, and on Thursday, let's work on this. And Friday, let's work more technical here. And Saturday, we're going to work on this. And you know, we work on different aspects throughout the week. So we're not... No, we're not making this up as we go along. Yeah. Uh, everything is planned out. The athletes get a copy of the practice in their lane. They get to see what they're doing. Mainly not so they can like see ahead to be like, well, I can be easy here and mm-hmm. we can do this there. But mainly so they understand what we're doing. Uh, after this, we'll go into our mid-season invitational phase when we go to uh, uh, Liberty University mm-hmm. for their uh, invite. It's our first time going there. And after that, we have our exam phase, which is kind of just keeping things normal as we can during exam season. And then we come back in January for competition phase two, which is a little more kind of what we're doing there is we're sharpening the skills, we're putting in the work, but we're also sharpening the skills, the, the starts, you know, finishes, things like that, race strategy. Mm-hmm. And then we go into championship phase, and that's where we we get the taper, everybody's favorite yep. word. And uh, That's always something that even non-swimmers kind of hear about throwing around. They're like, what's that? What's a taper? Yeah. Taper is yardage down, intensity up. Okay. It says go fast, go fast. It's not and that's easy. when he's like start shaving your legs and doing all that stuff too. Yep. <laughs> what we're doing is they're at a certain um they're at a certain yardage. We'll say our middle distance group uh is at about six and a half thousand yards. And we'll just start shaving off a little more longer warm up. We'll get up and go stuff, a little more recovery. Just to get them ready for a three and a half day trials finals meet, some of these young ladies can have up to ten swims during that, and that's a mm. lot. And yeah. they're going to be ready for it. All the training they do is designed for that meet. And after the conference meet, we have the uh, NIC, the National Invitation Championships. So right. Hopefully, we'll get some athletes to qualify for that. We went there last year, and that was a um, that was a good experience for everybody really mm-hmm. enjoyed going to that meet and as you said about the schedule we like to schedule our home meets in the fall before the middle of november due to the weather here sometimes it can change i don't think being here in january when it's about 45 for the high we're gonna have a 
outdoor swim meet. I don't think I'd be too popular. Well, thanks for not having those. That makes it easier for me, too. (laughs) All right, that's cool. (laughs) But but we like to schedule uh, teams within our conference, but also teams in the state of Florida. We also like to go to different... um, Go to different schools that we haven't been to. Like this year, we have never been to Old Dominion. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we've ever been to Gardner Webb. I personally have never been to Gardner Webb. Mm-hmm. And we're looking to swim different teams we haven't swam before Old Dominion, VMI. Uh, uh, who else we're swimming here? But, well, but when we go to the invitation at Liberty, we're swimming against Navy, Marshall, Duquesne, James it's a huge Madison. Group. This will probably be faster than our, our conference meet. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a. Uh, it's a test for our team to step up, get your times. But we like to schedule uh, conference teams and also teams that are close to us in the state of Florida. Uh, we, we want our, our families and friends to come and watch our meets. Sure. So we also want to have this as a good experience for our athletes, too, to, hey, see what else is out there and compete against different uh, opponents year in and year out instead of the same old opponents here and there. Because it's part of you know their experience, too, obviously, and getting the enriching part of, you know, going places seeing new teams and also having their family when they can um talking about like on your end of things if you have a tri meet or it's a tournament or not a tournament but an invitational or a duel do you strategize any differently as coaches in terms of where you put people to swim what events um just how you structure it um what i do is and actually i was going to do this after this and i'll kind of give a little secret away here but, <laughs> uh what i do is i look at the other team and i scout the other team and i see where they're where they're strong and where they're not strong. And I look to see where we are strong, where it matches up where they're not strong. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, last year we swam against um, FAU and uh, Garner Webb. That was a home one, yeah. Home mm-hmm. one. And I felt that if we got first place against uh, Gardner Webb in the medley relay, that's 11 points. Second is fourth, third is two. Mm-hmm. So I said, all right, well, we need to win the medley relay, and they can't get two or three. They can only get two, three. We have to get two of those places. Yeah. So looking at our personnel, I said, all right, here's our best relays right here, and we wound up actually tying for first place against them. We were uh, touched out by FAU, but in the standings, in the overall dual meet against Gardner-Webb, we tied for first, so we got 15 points. You get first and second points. Yep. So Eleven and four. Yeah. Yeah. So we take we take that and then we go from there. But we kind of see where we match up to get the most points. Um, we're swimming Georgia Southern in uh, twelve days, mm-hmm. and looking at Georgia Southern's roster, they have some strong points, but they also have some points where we can okay we can get a lot of points here. We need to, you know, let's try this there. Um, the lineups are usually different each meet it depends on what events we're swimming what format we're swimming and what uh, or where we can get people in to get maybe a swim they don't usually do but they can perform there um, like the event formats you have 13 event 16 event format 13 event is only one swim of the strokes you either yep. pick the 200 or pick the 100 where it's with so the- is that a coach's discretion before yes. the meet okay um, like this meet coming up, I've already spoken with the Georgia Southern coach. We're still working on what format we want to use, but we've already agreed that we want to do the 400 IM instead of the 200 IM. So with the 400 IM, that's one of our strong points. Mm-hmm. So that's I'm real happy about that. How can, if you say, if you're looking at the 200 and 400 IM, obviously it's just a distance difference. 
how do you know if you're stronger at one or another? You have more sprinters, so to speak, for a 200 IM? Mm -hmm. We have athletes who are very good at the 4 IM, but their 200 IM is okay. Yeah. And we also have some athletes who are good at both, and we have some who are good at two, but they're not good at the four. Uh, mainly what the IM is, it's four disciplines. You have to have four good strokes. Yeah. You can't fake it. But they, there's two things you call an IMer. Are you a front half IMer or are you a back half IMer? Are you strong in the butterfly in the backstroke and in the breaststroke and freestyle you hang on? Or are you a second half swimmer where you're okay in the fly in the backstroke and the breaststroke and the freestyles would get you home? Mm -hmm. We have a lot of athletes who do that. And also there's strategies to the – to the 4IM and the 2IM. The 2IM, it is, it's a sprint, whereas the 4IM, we try to have our athletes either hit the same time or negative split go faster on the second 50 of the 100 of each stroke. So there's a lot of strategy in making a meet. It's not just we throw something yeah. up and go, hey, let's let's do this today. It's, it's what personnel we have to score the most points, get the fastest swims, and hopefully win the meet. And that's one of the interesting things about swimming, and I think that anybody that looks at it from the outside, they're not thinking there is a lot of thought and input that goes into it because it, in their mind it's swimming, mm -hmm. you know, and it's there's any time that you don't really I don't know a sport, I feel like it's more detail-oriented than it comes off to be because um, I know it is for me. Um, so for you in, in terms of recruiting and getting, getting swimmers, um, obviously you have baseball or a lot of these high schoolers they're shortstops in high school or the they're they're the shooting guard or point guard in basketball or they were quarterback in football but they come to college and they got to adjust to what is needed here at their school um is that typical in swimming like if you're a freestyle if you're you know if you're really good at the 50 free and you're a sprinter in high school you're 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 probably going to do that in college or does it get mixed up um mainly people will stick with the events they swam through high school with their club teams uh, sometimes we can switch it up with some people saying, hey, you know, let's try this, see what you look like. And sometimes they'll, they'll pop off a good time and go, hey, I didn't know I could swim this event. Yeah. Uh, if you're a 50 freestyler, I'm not going to put you in the mile. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they want to be there either. No, it's, <laughs> I, it's, I, I tell the sprint group that from time to time, like, I'll put you in the mile. And they're like, no. <laughs> I so, was telling the the scoreboard doesn't go up that high. So. Yeah. <laughs> so, so do they do they have a different personality type? Do you notice a different personality in the sprinter and the distance? Uh, the, there is there a different major that they have or ever, any kind of nuance? I wouldn't say major, <laughs> but I would say the uh, the sprinters have a little more uh, moxie, a little more. Uh, I would confidence. think so. Yeah. Uh, the 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 distance are a little more laid back. They're uh, yeah. They're very focused on what they're doing. They have to keep track of where they are in their races, when to start, you know, getting the kick going, starting to, hey, I got to pick up my speed. They're very uh, um, in tune with what they want to do. Whereas, mm -hmm. I'm not making fun of my sprinters, <laughs> but um, it's a little more confidence. There's a little more, uh, you know, there's, there's a little more, uh, I would say, competition when we get up on the blocks because, yeah. No, it's decided there. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's decided in under you know a minute. So, whereas with the the milers thousand five hundred, they have time to set up shop and go from there. But it's it's a different. But it's it's. Uh, I always tell people that swimmers are they're they're a, a weird breed. Yeah, um, these young ladies get in the water when it's 
you know, 32 degrees outside, but the pool's 85, and they they do it. Not it's, you don't want to leave the pool at that point, though, probably. <laughs> no, they don't want to get out. You don't want to go to practice at that point, but then when you get in the pool, you're like, I'm not leaving the pool. <laughs> yeah, but I got to stand on the pool deck. It's yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you have your guys sw- swimming 1650s and then thousands. How do you practice for that? Like, if you're at practice and you're doing that type of stuff day in and day out, what are you focusing on? Like, how do you apply, you know, detail-oriented energy to something? Well, we'll do, uh, we do a set, it's uh, 33 fifties, and that's mm-hmm. the 1650. And we'll do them on 45 seconds, and each swimmer tries to hold the same pace. Uh, we'll try to hold 30, 31. So just try to keep the same pace going. That sounds like it'd be harder than the event itself. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. They, when they see it on the paper. That sounds bad. There's not a lot of people cheering for, for yeah. that set, but... <laughs> Um, what we do is we work on the pace and the race strategy of mainly with all of our races from the 200 up and even with the, the 100 is we were trained to get home. We're not going to fade. We're not going to go out real fast and then yeah. you, know, you just hang on. It is strong throughout the entire race with strategy knowing, okay, I know where I am. What One thing that we do here is, and uh, the – the team gets mad at me for this one, is the counters have a hand signal for myself. And if they're perfect... And the counters are the people at the ends of the... Yes, lap. The yeah, end, yeah, yeah. Okay. We're counting the laps, and mm-hmm. if they're if they're doing a good swim, let's leave it in the water. Don't I move see. It. So the swimmer knows, hey, I'm doing okay. If it doesn't go in the water, you're going out too fast. Interesting. Let's pump the brakes a little bit. If it starts shaking, that means let's pick it up. Yeah. But there's also points in the race where I'll get it shaken to say, hey, you're doing, pretty much saying, you got this. Let's mm-hmm. go. Let's get this home. Uh, we've had races before. Uh, Allie Schillinger is yeah. one of our, um, who's one of our um, uh, distance uh, swimmers. She had a couple of races where I didn't shake the, I didn't tell the counter to shake the, you know, the, the, you know, the numbers, yeah. we'll say, till about maybe like 150 left in a race. And she was like, she's like, I thought you weren't watching the race. He was like, like, you were just not paying attention I, I to said, me. I said, I said, what do you think I was doing? I was going out getting a soda in the hallway and I came back and you were swimming. <laughs> I mean, that's got to be weird though. As a, It's one of the most removed um, like player coach experiences in an event in any sport because obviously you're underwater. Mm-hmm. And so you've got this chain of command from a coach to a, swimmer to a swimmer so are there restrictions on you guys for what you can do and where you can go well we can be on the side of the pool and give hand signals but when you're swimming you it's unless you're looking directly at something there's probably something wrong if you are yeah, and you're, you yeah. can kind of get a look of you know again i'm i'm tall so if i put <laughs> my hands up but when you're swimming it's a blur you really not yeah. seeing all that stuff but the, with the, the distance swimmers, they kind of will look, but they prefer, or I actually prefer as well, is to use the hand signals with the counter to make sure, like, okay, I'm watching the splits. When you get to a certain split and you go over, that's when we start shaking the, um, we start shaking the, um, the, 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 the numbers. But also, if you're not taking the race out fast enough. Yeah. Because then you're going to be behind the whole time. Yeah. So whatever you do, it doesn't matter. At that point, you got to speed up. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So why do so why don't you have some coaches at the end of the lanes then, and you have swimmers there? 
Um, is it is that just like how swimming is done? Coaches do things; they uh, prefer I, that. I like being on. Uh, we yeah. usually are on the side of the pool because that's where you get set up. For, yeah, um, you know your your team sits there. But right. I I do not want to be behind the blocks. Is one I'll get my shoes all wet from the splash <laughs> and the turns. But I I want to see the race. I see. Kind of like panorama. You can see it better from that angle. Yeah. Yeah. And you kind of see what's going on, and you can see the the entire field. If Mm -hmm. you're looking straight on into a lane, you're not going to see, if you're right in the middle, you won't see the outside lanes. Mm -hmm. You can see everything right then and there. So that's pretty much where Mm -hmm. every coach stands. I don't don't, can't remember any coaches standing. That's whatever I've seen, yeah. So if you're standing there and what are coaches doing with they're blowing a whistle, they're doing hand signals. I've seen them even doing, you know, it looks like strokes in some senses. Like what are you the doing? The hand signals are pretty much saying you're okay mm-hmm. or you got to pick it up. I'll start. I'll always give the okay signal to, you know, what's going on. But if someone is, you know, their strokes getting short, we'll extend our arms, you know, so they can see, they'll see that out of the corner of their eye. Mm-hmm. Or if they the kick, just go moving your your arms up and down. So, hey, you got to keep mm-hmm. your kick. You're losing your kick. You're getting tired. Mm-hmm. So that's just certain things that, you know, you can see. But, you know, you're not going to see when you're swimming in the pool, when you're swimming fast, you're really not going to get a good Mm-mm. focus in on something when you're just breathing for mm-hmm. a half second there. Has there been a time where you're like, man, their their technique is, is off right now. There needs this something needs to be addressed. Have you been able to intervene during a meet or is it just all right, that's what that's what's After happening? After the race, but not during a race. Yeah. During a during a race it is the swimmer is doing their thing. You know, afterwards we can talk about it. Um this past me talked to an athlete like, Hey, you know, you're the butterfly, you're overextending here, the kick was all over the place. No, I think she was more of um I think she was more excited just than anything just to get in there and go. But yeah. just saying, Hey, get under control, set up your stroke, you know, keep it going. Yeah. So you had I think seven freshmen, I believe, swim at the last meet. Yeah. Um, that's quite a bit. Um for you as a coach, and you've been doing this for a while, what's the biggest kind of change that you've had swimmers undergo from freshman to senior year? Is it mainly a time drop, or is it just an endurance thing? What have you noticed the most? It's time drop, yeah. and also uh, getting used to the system we run here. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a lot of young ladies come through here, and from the fresh freshman to senior you can tell that they have grown up a lot maturity wise, but as swimmers, they understand now, okay, this is what we need to do. This is how we do things to get to this goal. Yeah. And once they start seeing the results of what we're doing, it catches on real quick. Mm -hmm. So it's your first meet as a freshman. Obviously it's a cardiovascular sport plus the water. You're trying to get your heart rate under control, your breathing. I'd imagine I'd be pretty amped if I was swimming. How do you manage that, and how did you manage that when you swam? Oh, when I swam yeah. years ago, it was uh, it was just focused. Uh, the way I swam was I'm just going to go out there and go. And yeah. It's, what care. did you swim? I was freestyle breaststroke, uh-huh. breaststroker. Um, it was uh, – I was, I'd say, in high school – um, I was a part of a team that won the ch- conference every year, and we were loaded. And we swam in a four-lane pool. We put like twenty-four guys. <laughs> How in did you lane. practice? I don't. I don't. You're know. running into people every every swim. <laughs> they still swim in a four-lane pool. It hasn't like, changed. 
I went. I started high school in 1991, and they said we're working on getting a new pool. <laughs> well, it's 2019, and they're still working on getting a new pool there. So, Hopefully, different water. Yeah, though. yeah. yeah. But, it was, but it's just kind of it's a mindset you have. Um, you can tell just by looking at people getting behind the blocks who's in that right right mm-hmm. mindset. You know, we have some people that are kind of you know jumping around. They're getting hyped up. Okay, they're starting to get that focus going. There's some people, they're scared to death behind that block. Mm-hmm. And there's other people, they are so confident that they're just they're, they're just cool behind there. They're just hanging out. So you can kind of see. So at the next meet, you can kind of look <laughs> behind a block. You can see like, what the mojo is. Yeah, you can, yeah. See, you can see what people are thinking. Yeah. It, so swimming, you, you know, I knew this from high school and some of my friends that were swimmers in college – it's a grind for practice. You have early practices. You have two a days a lot of the time. Why is swimming, like practice and structure, kind of you know formatted that way? Why do you have practices so early or multiple practices in a day? Um, well, Even in high school, you see it. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, mainly, it's a lot of times it's just the schedule. Yeah. Oh, we get the pool here on campus. I'm gonna push that time back. <laughs> I pick it up at five o'clock <laughs> or seven minutes. It's, uh, it takes a toll on you, but early bird gets the worm. Oh, yeah. yeah, but it's uh, mainly it's to get your work out done before you go to class, mm-hmm. uh, before you go to work, whatever that may be. You know, with you know older swimmers, master swimmers, we'll say. Mm-hmm. And then in the afternoon is you know when you're done class, there's practice again, so mm-hmm. we can move that. It's you know I would love to have a practice that went like ten to twelve thirty. Yep. that'd be the greatest thing in the mm-hmm. world. But the way this sport is and. I've been in this sport pretty much my whole life. It's that's how it is. Is we get it done in the morning, go to class, get your studies done, come back in the afternoon, and you know, you're done your class. Let's get this going, and that's part of the routine. This is this is a very high time management sport. Mm-hmm. You have to manage not just the sport itself, but you know, going to weights, going to study, mm-hmm. home, going to class, you know, getting your food, getting your proper mm-hmm. rest. You know, I always tell you got to be precise. Yeah, I always tell people the reason why people fail and succeed in college, in sports, and in you know in the classroom How they is use their time. time is time management mm-hmm. is the number one reason. Mm-hmm. I've been doing this long enough. So. Yeah, and that you know, and that's what I noticed too. And um, I had friends, yeah. But in regards to the morning practices, I remember I would come back from class and it'd be 11 to 2 and they'd be wiped out. And like mm-hmm. that was their window of like recovery and then they're back at 4. Um, what does your diet look like? And, you know, for you, what, what's your bedtime getting up, you know, so early? And how has that changed your day? Oh, me? Yeah. Personally, <laughs> I get up at 5 o'clock. Well, mm-hmm. the alarm goes off at 5. And yeah. I would say out of the six days it goes off at 5. I hit snooze probably five of those days. <laughs> Just one snooze. I, I, I'm, I'm very routine-oriented. I have my gym bags by the door. You know, got, you know, everything's just in a system to where I don't have to, you know... Think about it. Go around mm-hmm. in the dark. I let the dog out. He mm-hmm. comes back in, and I, I'm out the door, and I'm here by 5.30. And, well, my new thing now is I... The Dunkin's open at five down the street. So oh, I go that's there perfect. I get, I get a coffee and then I come over. That here. makes a big difference. Five or six, right there. Oh, that'll that'll change the whole day. Those three. Get that iced coffee going. We're, <laughs> we're, we're good to go. And then um, during the day, I'm here doing the doing uh, doing the coaching thing here. Yeah. I leave here probably around four thirty or five, mm-hmm. and then uh, make a couple recruiting calls if need be. Um, mm-hmm. Depending on what day it is, and then. 
I'm in bed by ten. Mm-hmm. I get tired. It's 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 a grind. Yeah, yeah. It's it, I. I now know that I'm in my 40s that I can't have caffeine after 4 o'clock. Oh, man. It's not going to I don't work. look forward to that. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming, man. Yeah, it is. Very, probably sooner than that for me. Um, so what, what what's the diet like since you're burning so many calories, oh, swimming? Me? No, I mean, oh, that. Oh, that. <laughs> oh, my I, mean I guess you could talk about yourself. But no, 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 I mean, in terms of when you swam and then your swimmers, I mean, are, they've got to be eating a ton. Uh, yeah. I, I can't really remember what I was eating back then, but <laughs> probably McDonald's and taco. Philly cheesesteaks up there in Philly? Oh, yeah. yeah. Get, get, get yourself a cheesesteak. But uh, the, uh, our athletes actually do a good job of uh, of their diet. My first couple of years here, they were notorious for being horrible eaters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're probably Pop-Tart, Pop-Tart, you know, sometimes uh, just yeah, quick carbs for... Donuts. Yeah. And, um, they... They're on a first-name basis with everybody at the Einstein Bagel. Okay, yeah. They don't know their orders. They walk in, and they're like, okay, that young lady wants the, uh, you, know, you know, I don't know what the, the well, veggie. Well, you're getting back from practice, too, and you're always probably before the people that are going to class. Yeah, <laughs> they're on a first-name basis with them. They do a good job. A lot of them live out in the neighborhood, and I see them at Publix, and they like cooking and that's good so far no that's one's good. like burned the house down but <laughs> they're 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 very good with it i always said jokingly that they could never do the Moe's burrito contest during the, uh, <laughs> they couldn't do it the, I, I wouldn't i wouldn't why uh, not because here's what would happen <laughs> whoever is the, the other fact person, that you've thought about this i thought funny. about this whoever's the other person my athlete's going to eat their burrito look at that oh, person and, say, and eat theirs give me that Eat their burrito and then turn to Caitlin and say, "Where's the other one?" <laughs> Within that time frame, so their metabolisms are through the roof too. Oh yeah, they're yeah, yeah. But it's they're they're not as bad as they come off. Like they'll they'll you know that's they're not as bad as they come off. But they're they they do a good job with it because we always say it's um, you know eat for function. This mm-hmm. is your fuel. If you're putting bad fuel in you, mm-hmm. you're not going to go. Especially, you got to be really careful with, you know, because you're in water and you're doing something cardiovascular. I mean, you're, they always say, take your time before you get in the pool after eating if you're not swimming competitively. So. Like, it's not that old man. Like, <laughs> I wait 20 minutes or something if yeah. you eat to go in the pool. It's, it's, yeah. not, it's not like that. It's not? Okay. <laughs> All right. It's just a, it's just a myth. Yeah. No, but also, if, if, like in our team room, we have a refrigerator and a lot of them bring their own lunches and majority of it is vegetables proteins yeah. fruits so they're functional you know, you know good mm-hmm. carbohydrates so they're doing a good job and i'm real happy about that we made some progress from the Krispy cream and uh <laughs> you know donut day so we're, we're doing all right shucks um so we're talking about um swimming outside and it being cold in the morning in the winter it's pretty cool that we can swim outside though and have meets in october being in florida um how different was that for you coming from having coached in cold climates your whole life, coaching at Virginia Tech, Syracuse, Radford, Mansfield, um, you know, being at LaSalle? It's, uh, I'm still getting used to it. I, yeah. I, whenever I would coach outside, it would either be during training trip or mm-hmm. we would swim against like the University of Miami mm-hmm. or an ACC FAU. trip down or something. Yeah, yeah. We would, yeah. like, okay, what's. I remember at Villanova we swam against yeah. Miami one year, and it was like okay, and it was it was great. And I sit there on the pool deck today. It's like 
Well, we got rained out. It's a, yeah, it was a little the, bit. The lightning alarm went off. It was like, all right, we're it was a bit wild this morning. Yeah, yeah. We 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 got out before. We're we're on the highway going home and that stuff. But uh, <laughs> but it's it's still after. You know, I'm in my sixth season here. I still sometimes have to like think about going. Man, I this is weird. Like just being outside here. Because then we go to indoor meets, and it's like. It's echoing. It's it's, it's, you're, it's, it's a I'm not different environment. I'm like, I'm like I was doing this for twenty years, and now I don't understand why. What's this all about? But it's uh, it's it's interesting when we go. The, the athletes are more turned off by it. They mm-hmm. hate swimming indoors. I would I would imagine that looking back on working indoor events compared to the outdoor events, the different different vibe completely. Yeah, like you were at the yeah. meet on a, on Friday mm-hmm. this past week. It was a good crowd there. It's yep. nice. Nice little breeze coming mm-hmm. off the St. John's. It was, it was great. pleasant day. Yeah. It wasn't over overly hot. Yeah, and you're in October. I mean, you know, I'm from Illinois, so that's you know that's a rarity as well. You know, to to have that luxury of swim outside. Oh, I think it's great. Yeah, I I, I enjoy it. Um, it's just that when we get into the season, there's some pools we go to with bad air circulation. Mm-hmm. We're so used to breathing the fresh air every day. It's kind of it we do it mm. adjust to the the airflow stuff like that, and also sometimes we do adjust to how powerful the chlorine is in mm-hmm. an indoor pool. Is it more powerful inside for a reason? Um, I wouldn't say it's more powerful, but it's more distinct. You can smell because it. it's contained. It's contained. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So is it an adjustment with the noise level? Because it it's probably louder. And act more, you get more of an echo inside. There's more of a, of a yeah. noise factor, but it depends on the venue we get yeah, to. There's some true. venues that are small, have don't have a lot of deck space. They don't really mm-hmm. have a lot of, uh, of patrons there. But mm-hmm. we go to our conference meet. We go to Liberty. That's Those houses are going to be rocking. Yeah. So we, and also you feed off that, too, and you're swimming. And you can – it's interesting when you swim and you have a crowd going crazy. Is that you hear that noise. Oh, it's going to impact you. When you, you breathe, it's, you, you get a little – you hear that while you're – while you're swimming, it's probably amplified in some ways. Oh, it gets being you, a swimmer, it gets you fired up. Yeah, you, you get it, but you hear it, then you don't. Then you hear it, then you don't. Yeah, it's it's, it's interesting. It's a mind game. So you've been all these places and Big East and ACC and now A Sun or CCSA, excuse me, um, with UNF. Um, the swimming world still seems pretty connected, regardless of where you are. Like you know people from different places. Obviously, we're talking about JB Smith, um, and you know him down here. You know what's the swimming culture like for coaches? Well, we're a we're a small group. We're not. Yeah. There's not a giant fraternity of swim coaches. We all look out for each other. It's they're all we're all different uh, different people. But uh, I'm friendly with a lot of coaches. What we do a lot of us was we we talk to each other about hey what you know, workouts, you know how to handle a situation, how you know hey what. You're swimming these guys. What you think of them? Or you know, just we just we talk about the sport. Mm-hmm. We talk about what's going on daily stuff. Like, hey, uh, I'm thinking about doing this. Have you ever done anything like this? Just certain things that you know we deal with. You know, we're not accountants. We're not you know businessmen. We're not mm-hmm. we're not nine to five guys. Mm-hmm. So we, you know, we you know when you're talking to some people, you know, they get what you're saying. You've only met the person. Just then and there, they they get what you're talking about. It's nice to be able to just have that wavelength. Yeah, yeah, with coaches. How did you get into swimming? Um, you know, growing up in 
Jenkintown, right? Jenkintown. Those are your, yeah. Jenkintown, Where is that? Right outside Philadelphia. Okay, it's right outside Philadelphia. What got you into swimming? Were you playing other sports? And well, why'd you stay in it? I'll give you a side note here. Yeah. Jenkintown is the town where uh, the show The Goldbergs takes place. Okay. That is my hometown. They talk about certain things. I'm like, oh, I remember that place. You know exactly where that is, that, that location. Or where it was. When yeah. I, I was probably not there anymore. But <laughs> um, I grew up playing a lot of sports. Um, Swimming was something we always did when we were kids. We started swimming when we were three, four years old, and we would mainly be in the summer. We start up swimming in the summer, and then we'd swim. We have talking my brother and my sister, and we would swim uh, in the winter. And we played other sports: baseball, basketball. I loved playing basketball. Uh, I probably couldn't shoot a. I could probably couldn't make a foul <laughs> shot if maybe ten tries right now. But <laughs> I loved playing basketball. Uh, I, you know, baseball. Uh, but swimming was a sport where I was like, okay, this is where I do well. This is where I can excel at. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like, all right, well, it's, oh, I like doing this. You know, and there's swimming, you know, there's a love-hate relationship with swimming. There's times I hated swimming, and there's times where I was like, man, this is the best. I think that's I how the sport oh, makes yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. But, yeah, we, I, I started when I was young and, you know, went from there. And um, I've had good coaches along the way and, uh, good support system, people to encourage you to, you know, to, to do that. And, uh, cause it's tough. It's tough to be in a sport where it's very individualized, but also it's a team sport. Mm-hmm. So it, it is tough in uh, a lot of ways to, you know, focus on what you're doing. It's so like your cross countries, your tennises in some ways, yeah. a lot of the Olympic sports. Yeah. Um, yeah, you mentioned that tidbit about your hometown. Uh, a lot of people know you as kind of a trivia hound. Yeah. Uh, how did that? How did that evolve? What's your secret there? You know, because you know well, some some people have their niche in trivia. Do you have one? <laughs> I do. It's um, it's usually the the TV, movies, or music, and people say, "Well, how do you know that?" And I say, "Well, I grew up watching MTV." <laughs> not, not well. It's not, changed quite a bit, right? Well, well, when they From videos. the Dire Straits days yeah, to when they had videos yeah. and. <laughs> It's funny because they'll play a song and I'll say, I know that. And I'll remember, and I always kind of say that when I was growing up in the summertime in the 80s, for the young kids out there, that's, that was an era of uh, what, bright colors and Duran Duran and stuff like that <laughs> and new Coke. But um, what it is really is I think about like, hey, I remember hearing that song when this was going on yeah you associate it with but the time i'll remember stuff like that but like someone will say to me like hey i was talking to this guy and i'd be like who's that and they'll be like you went to high school with him i go oh like <laughs> yeah yeah it's like oh, i don't that like, that bad. slips my mind yeah and it's not like i i'm not remembering that but it's just like oh, i remember that i remember this but yeah um trivia is fun there's some categories i don't know anything in like, yeah like literature or I mean, I think that probably goes for most people. That's, that's not my deal. I'm not a Shakespeare guy, so I'm, it's not my thing. So sports, obviously, is one area where you really have a lockdown on. Um, how, how are you, you know, are you a Sixers fan, Eagles fan, Phillies fan, Flyers? Are you Philly across the board? I know you've got a little bit Jags uh, affiliation now. Um, see how the sports go in the, uh, in the household. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm for the uh, – I root for all my Philadelphia teams. 
I didn't root for the Sixers for a while. I didn't trust that process. It's pretty exciting. I'm trust not, the process. I, was, I wasn't watching. You weren't that. one of those guys. You didn't buy that, into that. I thought that was the worst thing in sports. Uh, I, that, I thought that <laughs> the was. the Joel Embiid trust the process days. Oh, <laughs> I like that, but I didn't like the fact that they tanked on purpose. I thought that yeah. was as a, as did it for a while. They did it for five years. Yeah, I mean, they did have some kind of fun teams that messed up my bowls with the Lou Williams <laughs> and the, that the, that team that year. That wasn't fun. <laughs> Pretty much, it was a farm system for the uh, better teams to trade yeah. draft picks to get people but your Iguodala days yeah I, di- I didn't I didn't like that one bit I, I thought I, as someone who's a coach I don't know how the coach went through with that I, I I don't know how I could go to work every day knowing that you're supposed to lose I I don't know how I can handle that but love ice hockey flyers are great I love watching the flyers uh baseball I love watching the Phillies but the Eagles are my favorite I love college basketball and college football mm-hmm uh, my fiance is a Georgia Bulldogs fan, and I guess that makes me one by default. Yeah. But I went to Virginia Tech, and I root for Virginia Tech, and um, you know I just like watching sports in general. So it's uh, just something I like to do. It's well, this fun. I'll watch any game. I'm I'm one of the guys. I'll turn on, you know, the first game at noon. It's what like Penn State and Iowa, and then I'll be watching. USC UCLA later in the day mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter it's you know it's entertaining it's anybody can win on any day in college mm-hmm. football and basketball awesome Ian that was a great interview uh thanks for coming on yeah I appreciate it it's good to uh talk talk a little swimming talk a little sports and you know, it's a fun time we could go on a lot longer I'm sure but now we've got to bring on senior swimmer Sydney Mutchler how does it feel to be a senior um, it's a really surreal feeling. Like the last four years have gone so fast. Um, I feel like just yesterday I was a freshman, but each year I feel like I learn more. And like it's just good to look back at it from like this perspective and see like how each year our team has improved and gotten different and just changed in general. But it's like good change, you know. Mm-hmm. How has it changed in your individual, you know, game and performance? Because, um, you know, I asked Ian about this a little bit ago. Um, freshman to senior year is it mainly you know drops in times or how you feel in the water confidence wise technique what what's been the biggest evolution Um, for you for me personally I had a big drop like in my my sophomore year so like that was really cool because I hadn't dropped in my events like since like early high school time so it's been it would been like years at that point and I had big drops so like that was really cool but in general it's just more of like you learn more about yourself and you grow more confident, like you start weightlifting, which is new to most swimmers, I think. Yeah. Like most of us come in and we've never lifted before. So, like, that's a really new thing. And, like, you just get better and get more confident. Like, I was, like, really bad at lifting my freshman year. But, like, now I'm, like, super confident and stuff. And I've always – so I like that progression. And you just – you feel more, like – you just appreciate the sport more, I feel, as you sure. get older. What is um what does a swimmer do for, for lifting? Um, and what – you know, you have – you know, you guys practice at Bulls and you compete there for home and they got the, you know, the dry land room and everything like that. You know, what is, what's the purpose of that? And what do you guys do for training? For like, uh, lifting, we typically focus, like they like to focus us on stuff that will help us in the pool, not just like get big, you know? So like we do a lot of like shoulder stuff and like, Mm -hmm. we'll do like, we've added a lot of jumping this year, which I, um, I could see how the help like with turns and like off the blocks and stuff, which is really important to like begin your race and continue momentum like you want to continue the momentum after every turn and not lose your momentum right in the turn so it's really important to hit those 
so I can see that. So do you, do you guys, when you're in the water, um, designate time to really work on, you know, just your jumps off the block and then your turns? Is um, there, is there like kind of a, a yeah, breakdown of that? Um, I mean, they tell you every time you do a turn, it's like you can work on it, but we'll do like before big races and stuff. So like before mid season and conference, we'll definitely hone in on starts and turn work a lot more. Okay. Mm-hmm. How do you know if you've really spun off a good turn? You know, um, you'll like if you hit the wall, like you can. I've missed walls plenty of okay. times in my life. So if you miss years. a wall, how do you get that momentum? How do you recover? You it's, just don't. You just have can to it ruin like, an event? Obviously, it's, if it's a sprint event, you yeah, know it's it going to mess you up. It can definitely mess you up. Typically, in the longer events, you can gain your momentum back eventually and catch up. But like, it's definitely not good to miss a wall. But I, it depends on the race to say if it's like detrimental or anything. Yeah. Because, you know, I mean, any any little bit of momentum loss in a, in a short race yeah. is going to do you in. Mm-hmm. Um, so right now you're you're dealing with a, a labrum mm-hmm. issue right now. Uh, what's your timeline with that? And uh, how do you go through rehab? And, and what's your process? And, um, you know, what what's your timeline for getting back? In the um, pool? It's really it's still up in the air. I'm still working with doctors and stuff. Um, so I'm just hoping for the best. I'm hoping to be able to do something this senior year and just finish swimming like on my own terms yeah um but it's really like rehab's been going well I've been doing a lot in the training room and like keeping up with it and doing like mobility stretches and stuff like that so I can feel like it like getting a little bit better it's not it's still not great I mean it's a labral tear but um I'm just taking it day by day and I'm trying to like find a positive in the situation you know this obviously isn't ideal no had you dealt with any labrum issues previously rotator cuff because those are probably the two biggest depending on the stroke that you swim definitely they're they're definitely big injuries in swimming and they're definitely not good injuries because you're such a shoulder dependent sport um i've had like minor like just like aches and pains but this is the first time i've had like a legit injury right shoulder okay so how often is your your rehab and training right now to get that back um i try and do it during the week every day so i mean it's not every day i'd say probably four-ish days a week Mm -hmm. i try and do rehab and just general like strengthening exercises mobility like movements and stuff to gain that back okay so we were talking about this earlier with Ian and it's a marathon season Mm -hmm. you know for swimming in college uh really unique and similar to tennis in some senses or you have the fall and the spring Mm -hmm. season um how do you stay sharp when you are competing going from september all the way to march and you know you know working on your game and staying fit at the same time um see like growing up so i've been competitively swimming since i was eight and swimming is always a year-round sport so i've this like it's not new to be competing all year Mm -hmm. round so it's something we always said like you have different like in high school you have your high school season and you have like a big meet in the winter after high school season and then you'll come back and have big meets in March and stuff and then you'll have big meets in the summer and then you go right back into high school season so you typically would only take off small week breaks around like holidays and like one at the end of the summer Mm -hmm. and stuff but like we would never have like large breaks of time because swimming is such like an endurance based sport so it's like you constantly you have to have it or else you lose it if you take out too big of time like it's just going to take you that long to get back into shape so the longer you take off the longer you have to take back into shape you know sure so um are you doing any kind of um anything special with your your schedule and your day-to-day life to kind of keep you honed in and you know fit 
whether it's diet or um, sleep pattern or naps or any any trick of the trade that you um, have or that you've taken on that other swimmers do? Definitely, we are a fan of the naps as a team. Yeah, I would say. that's everything. Every <laughs> time I've had, I'm really close with a couple swimmers in college and roommates, and they napped unlike any people. Yeah, that like I if I have like 20 minutes, I'll literally get in the bed and I'll set my timer for 20 minutes, mm-hmm. and I will like close my eyes because we're just like we're the only sport that gets up as early as we do right every single like six days a week so naps are definitely important um i'm trying to think uh we typically i would just say like a lot of them go to bed early i'm not the earliest to go <laughs> like so do you do your studying late yeah, as well I'm just, I'm or definitely you're a procrastinator okay <laughs> that lends itself to late nights yeah yeah so like i i've not I like don't go to bed as early, but there's definitely, I would say at least half the team is in bed by like 10 PM Sure. every single night. <laughs> How about in terms of diet? You know, obviously does the Michael Phelps <laughs> kind of thing run, um, run true to a lot of people that summers, swim? Summers definitely, I would say have bigger appetites than yeah. other sports. Like I would um, equate us to like track and like running and stuff because of how cardio based we are. Um, but I, I wish we could eat healthier. <laughs> yeah. Does it vary though do. for it a, definitely varies per for a sprinter versus a distance? Um, I wouldn't say it varies too much. Typically the only thing I'd see it varies like appetite is in sprinters typically won't do as many yardage as distance and mid distance swimmers. So you might have a variance there. And like also in training, just in general weightlifters, like in swimming off like sprinters are pretty big and distance swimmers are pretty small yeah. so it's like just difference in those like body types that i guess you could like diet will change and stuff like that okay i see um so for you when did you know that you know, your aptitude for a sport was swimming and did it change did the events that you swam change throughout you know club and i know how competitive that is mm-hmm. and then high school and then obviously now at unf yeah, um, so I moved to Florida when I was eight. And, and you were in Red Bank, right? I or was in Red Bank, Yeah, Jersey, I know yeah. that area of, of New <laughs> yeah, Jersey. Yeah, I would never yeah. move back, but like, shout <laughs> out New Jersey. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I didn't do any swimming up there. Like, I took swim lessons just because my mom didn't want me to, like, be able to survive if mm-hmm. I needed to. But, like, I didn't have any, like, background in swimming. Um, I did, like, dance and cheerleading. But then when I moved to Florida, my mom's like, do you want to find a studio? And I was like, no, I want to, like be a new like city it's gonna be a new thing (laughs) yeah so then i like my mom wanted me to just take up swimming again because like obviously the amount of water we were around was not like that in jersey so like i bear like i swam well in the time time frame for swim outside obviously which you can do all the time down here so i moved down in april so it was already getting Mm -hmm. like summertime so my mom just put me in more lessons to like learn strokes and stuff and then my instructor was like you should try it for some team so i did (laughs) okay and then ever since then i've been swimming i've like so I love the sport. I like my brother and sister now swim because I swim. So like they're younger than me and like stroke wise, I would say when you start off in swimming, like in club, they kind of just make you do everything. Like, it's just like, cause you're so little, like, it's just like you swim all the events that you can. Um, I eventually like started to specialize. I would say like a little bit more. I realized I was not the sprinter type. Mm-hmm. So I barely ever did sprint events and I would, I would still do like all the events just like, the dis all the distance fence so anything like a 200 and above mm-hmm. or more my like specialty then um in high school i used to do i used to do butterfly a lot more than i do now and then like around sophomore year i like decided like specialized in backstroke and i am which is right. now my current mm-hmm. specialty how do you know you know how does a coach realize that this person has an aptitude for you know in your case like backstroke you know wh- how um, does that evolve as 
do you notice that it's just like a you know some people are fast yeah. and some people can jump high you yeah. know something like that it's definitely like you can see it so i coach now too and teach lessons or something so like i have like now like a little bit of like a coach's perspective too because i coach like really young kids and you can definitely see like there are already some people like especially with breaststroke it's a very natural like either you have the natural ability for it because it's a very different motion mm -hmm. or like you don't so i can tell these kids like certain kids in my group i'm like that's like you're a breaststroker and you're going to be a breaststroker but like other than that like it's really just putting them in everything and seeing what they do best and like where their technique is best and where they have the best improvements over time and stuff and eventually i wouldn't say specializing early in swimming is a good idea i would say definitely like branch out and try everything because like i didn't do backstroke really at all until sophomore year and now i one of my best events is the 200 backstroke yeah. so it's like I didn't specialize till I was like 16, 17. So it was like, I like that I did everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, your body's going to change too. And yeah. you know, you're, you're going to get bigger and stronger and that's going to benefit you in certain ways and butterfly or, or, you know, something like that really demanding. And, you know, mm -hmm. it's probably going to, that's going to change over time. Um, so last year you also got um, elected to be part of SAC. Mm -hmm. um, what other things are you involved with, with that? And then, What's your life like outside of the pool and um, how'd you get into it? Um, so SAC was something I started like as one of the swim reps my end of freshman year and sophomore year. So I was just like one because each team needs to have two reps. So I was just one of the reps. And Kendra was who's our sponsor was actually mm -hmm. the one that was like, I really think you'd be good in the like the leadership position. So my junior year, I took on like a vice president type position um, in SAC. And then after that, I just was like, I went to one in-person, so SAC has like two in-person meetings every year, one in the summer and one in the winter, and they're at different ASUN schools. So like I went to my first one when the North Florida hosted it in winter. It was last year. Yeah, winter January. of last year, mm -hmm. January of last year. And I just loved, because that was the first time I was able to see SAC at a higher level. And I loved how everyone there was like so like-minded and like had such a passion for making athletics, like having students have the best experience they could in athletics. So that's where I was like, and they talked about how they needed people to run for positions that people were graduating from. So I was like, that's when I decided to run for one of the positions in the ASUN. So that's how I got the ASUN secretary position. And now me and Taryn um, Griffey on volleyball are the presidents of the UNF SAC version. And then I work with the ASUN too, mm -hmm. which is super fun. I love it. So how does that, does that factor into your goals after college? And obviously you're, you're helping out coaching now. And I, I know a lot of people involved with swimming that, were collegiate athletes that do coach mm -hmm. um do you see that factoring or did you have you know kind of vocational goals um, elsewhere i could definitely see myself still like being involved in athletics because i'm like super passionate about that and stuff and i love swimming so i could never like see myself like completely distancing myself like from the sport um i do want to like i want to be a lawyer so i have like aspirations to go to law school and stuff but i could totally like see myself like i feel like i still have like my paths open like i'm mm -hmm. not like set on anything so i could totally like see myself continuing down an athletics route. what's your next step for becoming a lawyer do you um, have eyes on a place or yeah i'm taking a gap year to like get my studying down for the lsat and get my applications sure. straight and everything um so i'm planning on starting in 2021 I'm, i want to stay in florida preferably like uf fsu sure. type five so we're hoping for the best. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's another grind in itself. Yeah, yeah that you <laughs> enter into. Grind. I've tried it. I've started it, and it's definitely a lot. But so right now, with your senior year, mm -hmm. um, and you guys have a, a nice group of seniors, um, 
you know, you have to play it by ear with your injury. Um, what's kind of your goal for yourself if you get in the pool or if it doesn't work out? Um, just like I want to be able to finish the season on my own terms. Like mm-hmm. I don't want anyone to have to be like, you can't do this. Yeah. Like I want to take like, you I, out. Yeah, yeah. I know. Like I know I won't be able to perform like at my abilities, like, which is sad. Cause I had all these like end goals. Like these are the times yeah. I want to end like my swimming career on, which is like sad that I won't be able to try that. But like now I just have a different like perspective and like for the sport in general. So like I definitely like, I don't know. I'm trying to say it. Um, it definitely like, well, just a different perspective about kind of anything, yeah, your just body, like, just, you know, your ability to use you your body, like appreciate yeah. how like just function. Yeah. yeah. Like it, like how much easier it was before everything. So like mm-hmm. now I just want to, like my goal is really just to like do as much as I can yeah. for the season. What is, what's something about swimming and competing that's kind of misunderstood or not known that you think that a lot of people that are athletes don't really know or appreciate about? I feel like swimming's a very underappreciated sport. Mm-hmm. Like it's like most people don't care about it unless like it's every four years at the Olympics. They're within it or yeah, yeah that's <laughs> how they can get behind it, gold medals yeah. and everything. Um but it's definitely I would say one of the like hardest mentally sports out there because it's like ever since I was eight I've been swimming year round. Ever since I was eight I've had every summer I woke up at six AM and had practice every yeah. single day. So I've never like had like a summer to my like it's just you don't really have summers to yourself no i've never like i've never had that like everything in my life or you're lifeguarding or you're doing something else because they need you in the community to help out yeah so like that's all i've done is like everything i did like revolved around my training and swimming and i feel like and like the amount of practice time commitment you need to do for swimming is as you can't really take off like time ever is a lot and it's different than running i feel like because you running goes a lot faster and yes and even if you're even if you're a distance runner and you do it casually you don't have to get in the water yeah you don't have to yeah that's (laughs) like a whole other barrier (laughs) 25 degrees here in the water getting in the water is a little little yeah that's a little dicey but it definitely takes a lot of mental strength i would say that some people don't realize so you had the swimming part down um in terms of a triathlon or something like that would you ever consider doing that literally i told i've told people that for the last two years like as I was coming up to like realize the hardest part I'm done with um, swimming. I was like, I totally want to get into triathlons. The only thing I've never like tried is like a competitive bike. So I'd have to like learn how to do that and get into that. But like, I enjoy running. I have no issues with running and I love swimming obviously. So I definitely like end goal. I'd love to do an Ironman. Just do like your, you know, your iron, your (laughs) Ironman backstroke. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'd love to do an Ironman one day, but that's like, end end goal like who knows but like definitely want to try triathlon soon um you know ever do anything crazy like swim the english channel you know those crazy people Um, (laughs) yeah i would honestly that i've heard of all that and that's cool we used to do when i was younger like a swim around key west so we do as like a relay we would swim 12 and a half miles like around the island which was like one of my favorite experiences that's, that's impressive i wouldn't do yeah. it by myself my friend did it by himself which i was like you're crazy you get a lot of harrowing <laughs> stories people will do that in the bay area yeah. and you know it's pretty sure contested yeah. so yeah. i don't know if i do it by myself but like doing it with a relay was still like super fun mm-hmm. what's what's kind of the coolest or most unique place that you've swam recreationally um i have we haven't traveled super far with unf like virginia is like the farthest we've traveled for. but even i'm just like you know did a swim like that or i've never i'd have never left the country so like okay definitely qs was the funnest place to do like a swim at um but i've never really do you have any eyes on any places to go um i've definitely i don't know 
I've heard of this cool swim like overseas somewhere like Turkey or something which would be cool like my professor is telling me about it like there's like a swim across some kind of sea or river yeah something in, like in, that but that like mm-hmm. that's just like so cool like English Channel would be so yeah. cool stuff like that but you know pipe dreams because <laughs> it is I mean it's kind of the rage right now the ultra marathon yeah the you know yeah. ultra swims whatever if they have yeah, a name the Iron Man <laughs> stuff I mean that's that's really current and I figured you know, I think it. they're so cool though I would like love if I ever could do it you know you got to channel your competitive drive yeah. somewhere right <laughs> yeah yeah, so, I yeah I honestly don't know what I'll do like after like competing is over you know so that's why i wanted to get involved in triathlons to start you might need to when you're studying for law school I know. So. <laughs> something to give myself yeah. a break well uh thanks for coming on today sydney we got a good amount of swimming talking from you and ian <laughs> um and i'm sure we'll see you there in a couple weeks mm-hmm. in uh against georgia southern yeah so. that's the goal thank you thanks Thank you again to Ian and Sydney for coming out and chatting. The swimming lifestyle and grind is unprecedented in sports and it is grueling mentally and physically. Hopefully we got an inside look at that today. We have a number of teams competing this week with men's and women's cross country going to their last bit of action before going to the ASUN championship in Fort Myers. They'll go to the FSU Invitational Friday and men's tennis will also be in tally for the Bedford Cup. That's going to be Friday through Sunday. It'll be men's soccer's turn to go up to the Garden State Saturday when it squares off the Highlanders. That's at 7 p.m. On the women's side, UNF gets a pair of home matches hosting North Alabama tonight at 7 and Lipscomb at 1 p.m. on Sunday. Beach volleyball will start its fall exhibition schedule on the 12th at Tavares with opponents Stetson, FAU, and FSU awaiting them. And the indoor squad will go to Stetson Friday, Jacksonville Sunday, and then host FAMU Tuesday. Women's golf closes out its fall slate at the Palmetto Intercollegiate Sunday through Tuesday at Turtle Point in South Carolina. And make sure to follow along with all this action at unfospreys.com. Find us on Facebook at North Florida Ospreys and Instagram or Twitter at UNFOspreys. Thank you again for listening to this installment of Talent Talk. Swoop. <laughs>